praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I want you to be in position today. I'm going to try to switch mics to this one. I think I got it on. Let's see. I'm kind of picking up on part two of the message that I preached here on a book that I'm currently writing called The Night the Angels Came to Church, Living in Vibrant Intimacy with God. This is a follow-up book on my on on this first miracle book. God has a miracle with your name on it, which I happen to have with me today for $15. Cash your check if you want one. And I will even autograph it for you. But I'm I, I have this other book that I'm writing now that I thought I was going to write when I wrote this one. And God said, no, this one is first, that one is next. But I shared an experience, and, but there's a lot of you here today that were not here when I, when I shared this experience, what happened in our lives. Um, we were hungry for God. We were Baptists that got tampered with by Pentecostals and uh, got filled with the Holy Ghost and we, Brother Copeland had prophesied over us when we began our ministry. And um, then a few months after our, we had started our church, he called us out again in a meeting in St. Louis. And he said, you never have allowed yourselves to realize and recognize the depth of the calling that God has on your lives. Because it's not a common thing. It's an uncommon thing. And in just a few days from now there's going to become an explosion of that power of God. And it's going to cause some fair-weather friends to turn their back on you, but just keep walking before the Lord, and His angels will go before you and clear your way. Well, a few days after that, we had a summer camp. We used to do summer camps. Maggie, did you go to summer camp? Uh, I thought you did. Um, We had summer camps for like 17 years for kids. We would round up kids anywhere we could find them, off the streets, from our church, other churches, whatever. And we would go down to southern Indiana for a summer camp every year. So we went to summer camp. We'd had a wonderful week. All kinds of people got saved and wonderful things happened. But it was the end of the week, and we were closing out with just worship, a night of worship. And so my husband was supposed to close the service and have some scripture and um, just kind of exhort and encourage the kids before they went home from camp. And um, all through the worship, and the time was ticking down for him to walk to the pulpit and to um, share. And he had nothing, zip, nothing. He couldn't get anything. He did not have one scripture. He did not have one comment. And my husband, you can see how sassy he is. He's always got something up his sleeve. Well, he just he didn't have squat to share. So he walks to the pulpit. Well, God had a plan. And it was called the explosion of the power of God. And so when he walked to the pulpit to do the closing comments, the glory cloud of God came in and filled the chapel so thick that you could barely see each other in there. It was like a heavy mist. And when you looked at the lights, they looked like they had... You know how angel hair looks? Some of you are old as me, might know what angel hair looks like. Others might not. But it's kind of a spun glass thing they used to use it to decorate with until they found out it could kill you. But um, it was pretty nonetheless. Anyway, um, the, the lights looked like they had angel hair around them. And 
the power of God fell and just miracles, one after another, started happening. I mean, just, it was like we were in the glory realm and the minute you say something, it would happen. No, wait, just you just say it, it happened. And there, I remember there was one lady who had uh, been in an accident and she was very crippled up from it and she had bones that were twisted and things. And I just walked over and just touched her with one finger. Her bones started popping, her body started coming back in line. And it was just one thing like this after another. And, and like, if you would just say, for instance, you just say the words baptism of the Holy Spirit, well, people would start getting out of their seats and coming to the front to receive it, but before they ever got to the front, they'd fall on the floor and start talking in tongues. And it, it went like this for an hour and 45 minutes. And um, my husband, at one point, was had someone in front of him that he was trying to give a word to, only he just couldn't, he could hear in English in his spirit what he wanted to say, but he just kept speaking in tongues, and, and he, he was getting kind of frustrated. Well, I didn't know what was going on, but I walked over to him, and I just started speaking prophetically into this person's life, and he was like, Shazam! That was word for word what I was hearing in my spirit, but all I could get was the message in tongue. God was giving him the interpretation at the same time he was giving him the tongue, but he gave me the interpretation. And then at one point, he looked up, and this chapel is way out in the woods in the middle of nowhere, 10 miles past the middle of nowhere, actually. Um, Bloomington, Indiana, in the woods. You know where Bloomington, Indiana is? Okay. Um, in the chapel, suddenly, there were all kinds of other people. And there's no, they, this is a private camp and in the middle of nowhere, where did they come from? But lined down both sides of the chapel were people all dressed in white. And, um, he looked up and, and he suddenly realized they were angels. And so the kids are like, just, and counselors, everybody, I mean, we're all on the floor, worshiping, crying, praising God. It is, it would be chaos in the minds of some people, but it was pure and beautiful and wonderful in the eyes of God, and He sent the angels to the service. And they would be at the wall, and you'd never see them move, but then they'd be here. And some would come from this side. If something was happening over here, little groups of kids praying, crying, kneeling on the floor. They're here. They're here. They're hovering their back. And like I said, this went on for an hour and 45 minutes. It dramatically altered our lives. And from that point on, church as usual was a for a snore for us. We had experienced what Brother Copeland had talked about. And we were walking in it, and from that point on, I mean, just miracles. I could, I, I don't want to re-preach the same sermon I already preached, but just numerous miracles occurred. And um, I, I want us to have that type of expectation in here today. I want you to have that type of expectation every day of your life, because our lives should look like a walk through the pages of the New Testament with Jesus. There are, there are things that God wants to do in you. There are things that God wants to do through you. And they are miraculous. Um, I want to look at the scripture, Psalm 78, verses 12 through 22, please. These, there's different ways that you respond to miracles. Some people mix faith with it when the word is preached and they receive a miracle. Other people, they just kind of, oh, that's nice. And they don't, draw anything out. They don't 
use their faith to grasp anything. And that's what happened with these folks. Verse 12, marvelous things did he in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt in the field of Zone. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through, and he made the waters to stand as a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud and all night with the light of fire. He clave the rocks in the wilderness and gave them drink as out of a great, out of great depths. He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. These are the people that he miraculously brought out of Egypt, brought them through the Red Sea, fed them with manna. I mean, they saw miracle after miracle. But verse 17, And they sinned yet more against him by provoking the Most High in the wilderness. And we're going to see how they did that. And they tempted God in their heart by asking meat for their lust. And pay close attention to verse 19. Yea, they spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Are you cotton-picking kidding me? You've seen all of this, and you say, can God? Oh, my gosh. And do we do the same thing sometimes? It's like God will do all these wonderful things, and then something pops up, and we're like, oh, what are we going to do now? But just think, if they would have taken that verse and just reversed two words in it, Instead of saying, God, can God, well, what should they have said, Jerry Lee? God can. God can. Whole, whole different response from God if they had just changed those two words around. But they didn't. They spake against God. They said, can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. So a fire was kindled against Jacob, and anger also came up against Israel, because they believed not in God and trusted not in his salvation. I don't care what you're facing today. Don't look back and say, can God do anything? Say, God can do everything. Because he can. And according to your faith, it will be unto you. Jeremiah 32:27 is probably one of my most favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. It says, "Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me?" Remember we used to sing some song, "Nothing is too difficult for thee. Nothing is too difficult for thee." We need to have that kind of vocabulary. And I'm going to pick up now on chapter 6 of this book. Uh, some of the stories, I told a lot of stories about angels and, and miraculous things. I'm going to pick up on some that I had to kind of rush through for the sake of time The last when I preached part one of this. Hebrews 1.14 says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Are you an heir of salvation? Then there are ministering angels assigned to you and they are ready to move in your behalf our great grandson brandon was playing at a playground and brandon is all boy and so instead of just playing on the swings and whatever playground equipment he decides to climb up on top of the thing and there was some places where some different equipment was joined together and somehow or other Brandon managed 
to get his leg in between like two uh, pieces of equipment and he couldn't get it out. It, it, op- it kind of opened up when he leaned on this side. He went to step to the other side. Well, his leg went in. The two things closed up and his leg was was being crushed in there in terrible pain. And uh, there was no one around to help him. And no matter what he did, he couldn't get his leg out. And so all of a sudden, this man comes from nowhere and tells him, do this, 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 and this now. He does this, 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 and this now. His leg comes out and the man vanishes. God sent an angel. God sent an angel. He had another situation. Brand, God's got a call on Brandon's life. He had another situation where uh, someone came up. He was needing some money, and someone came up to him and just handed him, all dressed in white, handed him some money, and then just finished. It, it's amazing. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. Hebrews 13.2 says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. My friend Greg had a situation. And um, he was in his car, and a guy came up to him and asked for some money. Well, you know, you gotta you you gotta be led by the spirit on that. If you gave to every person who asked you for money, there wouldn't be any money left over for the ones God legitimately sends you <laughs> to, that you're supposed to help. But anyway, um, somebody came up and asked Greg for some money. He was kind of hesitant at first, but then he just felt prompted in his spirit that he was supposed to do it. And the minute. He put the money in that person's hand. They vanished. Angels unaware. Angels unaware. Angels are unseen protectors charged with with rescuing and comforting and assisting us throughout our lives. Abraham's servant was given an instruction to go back and find a wife for Abraham's son and uh, he was kind of like, well, what if she won't come with me? You know, what what do I do? And he, and Abraham said in Genesis twenty four forty, and he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. You know, angels are involved in prospering you. Yes, they are. Wow. And thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. We have a friend who, he was very young in ministry. And he had a broken down old car. And he was driving somewhere to preach. And he was, I don't know how many miles from a town, but out in, out away from any town or anything. And the car just quit. And no matter, he knew how to work on cars, but no matter what he did, he could not get that car running. So, lo and behold, a, a, a tow truck just happens to come down the road in the middle of the night. And he's like, I'll tow your truck in town, and there is a garage there, and they can work on your car. He's like, well, you know, that's really good, but until I go preach at this place where I'm going, I don't have any money. <laughs> and he's like, well, we'll just get your car down there. Maybe they can work something out with you. So anyway, he gets to the garage and it's open. And in the middle of the night, they're working, they're in there working. And so they get his car right in and they worked on it. They quite a bit of work, worked on it for quite a long time. 
And they got it up and running. And he went to the town where he was to preach. And he preached his message. They gave him an offering. Well, he came back through that town because he had told those people, I will pay you as, you know, right after I have the speaking engagement, I will come back there. So he comes back there to the garage and it's all dark. And he looks inside and it's just been a few days, you know, like three days. It's all dark inside there. There's no equipment to work on cars. There's no one around. And so he asked a person who had a business close by, he said, I, I, this garage fixed my car the other day. And he said, I told him I'd come back by with the money on my way back. And they said, sir, you, you must be mistaken. This garage has been closed for three years. There's no, been no one here. Wow. Angels. That was Jerry Savelle that that happened to, by the way. I, you can't make up this stuff, honey. I mean, it is just awesome what God does. And, and we gotta have that childlike faith where we expect things like this to happen in our lives. God rewards childlike faith. He honors those who are completely dependent upon Him. Just like the same way some kids say, my daddy can whoop your daddy. Remember that as kids? I don't mean, what's the big deal? My daddy can whoop your daddy. We gotta be that way about God. You know, when the devil comes up and starts messing with us, my daddy can whip you. But you won't do that unless you're living in vibrant intimacy with God. If you are not closely related to Him in worship and prayer, you won't do that. If you're not reading the Word of God on a regular basis, you'll respond like the world responds to crisis. But if you're living in vibrant intimacy with God, you're going to see these things happen. Uh, there's no replacement for meditating the Word of God and prayer and fasting and worship. There's, there's no replacement for that. Um, as we do that, all of our illusions of our abilities are out the window and we are aware of His omnipotence in all things. I like to put it this way. When you lose sight of who you are by beholding who He is, you'll never want to see yourself again. Uh, isn't He awesome? Let's just, let's just worship Him a minute. Lord, we just worship You. You are our all in all and all things are possible for You here today. We're so thankful for you. Thankful for the angels that you send to protect us. Thank you for the blessings that you pour out. Thankful for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for an intimate relationship with you. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Instead of panicking when unexpected circumstances arise, acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him. I don't, whatever it is, God, I acknowledge you. If that's, that's the only words you can get out. God, I acknowledge you in this. And I will not give in to fear. I will acknowledge you. I will acknowledge your word. You're my deliverer. You're my provider. You're my healer. 
At some point in time, you're going to face some circumstances that you cannot think or act your way out of. And you're going to need a miracle. And you need to have an intimate relationship with the miracle worker. If you've developed a life of prayer and praise and worship, you have a shelter to run into. In worship, there is a realm of rising above what's happening in the natural and being seated together with Him in heavenly places. When our daughter passed away last September, it was horrible. It was horrible. But you know what? It's almost like there was a bubble of the Holy Ghost that I felt like I was just in this bubble. And I remember one time we were sitting at the kitchen table with uh, Ken Copeland's mom and dad. And granddad, that's, that's what we called A.W. Granddad said, Pam, he said, you know what I found out in life at my age? And I said, what's that? He said, in life you think, oh, if this happened, I don't know how if I could take it or not. Oh, if that happened, I don't know what I would do. He said, then you live long enough, it all happens. And you find out that God was there and that you got through it, and He took care of you. Praise you, Father. Psalm 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 27.4, One thing, one thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Thomas Edison, of course, you know how he invented so much stuff, unbelievable. He said, people ask him, what's your secret? He said, most people think about several things all day. I think about one thing, and I don't stop until it's done. Boy, wouldn't it be good to have that attitude with God? This one thing I've desired. You need guidance. You need some inside info. You need some direction in your life. Psalm 25:14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Although there really are no words to express, it's it, it's almost impossible to express what it's like to be in that realm of intimacy with God, where everything else just fades out and and. And he's more real than anything or anybody. Um, I wrote a poem. I, I'm a I'm a romantic poet, poetic type person, along with being a clown. Um, but um, I wrote a poem called "The Secret Place." Beyond the place of asking, voicing want and needs, there is a realm where words can't go. Deep calleth unto deep. An intimate encounter so fulfilling and so rare, communicating friend to friend, such preciousness is there. He in me and I in him, a closeness so divine that his life becomes so unveiled, I lose all need for mine. True love reigns and joy sublime bathes my hungry soul as the ecstasy of his presence is the balm that makes me whole. Far above earth's surly bonds, I rise in perfect bliss to someone who, all I need, he already is. Let me live forever in the thrill of your embrace 
until I stand before your throne and see you face to face. My husband and I have been blessed with so many amazing God encounters, so many wonderful relationships with people that have been used internationally to change the world, traveled with these ministries, had friendships with these ministries. And it's... It, we have been blessed with, with a flowing of different mantles onto our life. But I'm telling you what, church, it's time to take the mantle that has been put on you. It is time to walk in the power of what people have prophesied over you, laid hands on you, and spoken over you, and to take it out to the world where God can work with you, confirming His Word with signs following Uh, I told you I was going to tell you a little story about Maggie. I love Maggie. Maggie is so precious. I am so glad you're here today. Me too. They're going to laugh when they hear how we met, aren't they? Okay. We were driving down the street in Pastor Walt's sheriff car, and um, there was a huge trash truck in front of us. And the guy didn't have the stuff covered very well at all, and it was piled high, and stuff was falling out in the street. And so he pulls the guy over and uh, goes up and, and talks to him about, you know, you have to have a cover on this. You just can't drive down the street and trash fall out all over the place. And so while he's up there talking to the driver of the truck, I'm just sitting in the sheriff's car, and I'm just kind of looking at the truck, Well, I start seeing some movement in this trash. And all of a sudden, this angelic little face starts looking out at me from the trash truck. And there's a little girl in the middle of all that trash. And uh, so I started waving to her, and she started waving at me. And we ended up having a conversation and Maggie gave her heart to Jesus, and Maggie became a part of our church for years and years and years and in Indianapolis. And now she lives down here in Florida, and I'm so thrilled. He, he did not tell me that you were coming, and he wanted it to be a surprise, and it was. It was. I'm so glad you came. But see, what happens if we don't reach out? What happens if we don't go out into the hedges and the byways? Um, I, I mean, I, these, they're small testimonies. There's huge testimonies. They're all, they're all kinds of things that God is doing. If, if we will just go out. I remember one night, I, did you go to the, did you, Tony, Kathy, did you go to Sarasota meetings? Okay, I, you may remember this night. But there was one night, on the way to that Sarasota meeting, I had been really praying to God. I'm like, God, I want to take your healing power to unsaved people and let them get healed and then meet you. Uh, and so that I put that request up before God. Well, we go to the Sarasota meeting and um, the pastor at the close of the service has um, everybody come to the front to just worship God as, as a, kind of an ending for the service. Sometimes he lays hands on people when they're up there, different things. But we were all up there, and we just started worshiping God and worshiping God, and all kinds of miracles and healings and things that had taken place that night, and people just wouldn't stop. Everybody just kept applauding and shouting, 
And it went on and on and on. And it got louder and louder and louder. And suddenly we started hearing sounds that were not coming from our group at all. There, it was like, like swishing type sounds. It's hard to explain because it was like swishing, but it was also like musical at the same time. And all of the musicians were not touching their instruments. They're like, this isn't coming from us. And so uh, we just kept praising and praising. And then it's like it was became a roar. There was so much praise. There's probably a couple hundred people at the altar. It became a roar. Well, then... Not coming from this roar, but coming from above us, there's like another roar. And it's like, what's going on down here, heaven is joining in on, and, and the two realms came together, and it was just, it was an outstanding night in the presence of God. Well, that night, the pastor had called me out and laid hands on me and said, power! And so, um, I said, Lord, I receive that power to take it to the lost people and get them healed and saved. I receive it. I want to take this power for others. And so we, st- we, the meeting got out late. Of course, they always get out late, but there was so much going on in the presence of God and the glory of God, you don't care. So it's probably, we probably got out of there about midnight and we still had to drive all the way from Sarasota back up here to Tarpon Springs and we were powerful, hungry-fied, and there's not that many people, places open that late, you know, so we went to Steak and Shake, oh, back when Steak and Shake served at the tables, and you could sit there, oh, I missed that, they say it's never going to happen again, they've changed completely now, but I used to love to go to Steak and Shake, it was cheap, and it was tasty, so uh, by the time we got to where the Steak and Shake was, at that time, it's like one in the morning, and so we, a girl comes up, and she takes our order, and we just kind of start talking for a second. And she made a movement, and I thought, that girl's got a back problem. And so um, I just, you know, just kind of cultivated the conversation. I said, her name was Ashlyn. I said, Ashlyn, you need God to heal your back tonight, don't you? And she was not real familiar with God. And she said, my kids go to Sunday school. Well, she doesn't go to church. She doesn't really know anything about But anyway... I said, Ashlyn, you need God to heal your back tonight, don't you? And she said, it's hurting really bad. And so I laid hands on her, prayed for her. He prayed for her. Well, she was a little uncomfortable with all this, you know. But And so she kind of excused herself and went back to the kitchen. Well, in just moments, she's back at our table. And she's like, I am totally healed. My back is totally healed. The pain is completely gone. I am healed. And so I started talking to her uh, about Jesus and plan of salvation and stuff. And I said, Ashlyn, I said, do you know why God healed you tonight? And she said, no, why? And she, I said, because he wanted you to know how very, very much he loves you. And she was kind of like, oh. I said, now, Ashlyn, don't you think that you could trust your life to somebody who loves you that much? And she says, yes, I do. And she knelt down at our table, and she prayed, and she received Jesus, and just 
Of course, by this time, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and the place is not packed with people. So she just sat there like a little child, just asking questions and just, you know, wanting to know about the Lord and stuff. But those kind of things are all around us, all the time, all around us, all the time. I'm going to repeat one story that I shared the last time. Um, we, this was also after one of pastor's meetings in uh, Bradenton just, just a few months ago when he was saying, stop saying things, well, it's going to be, or I want this to happen, or I wish this would happen, or when this happens. He said, start saying now, now, now. And so um, we stopped at Costco to get put gas in our car, and um, we're sitting there, and I see a black man standing in front of us, Big, big burly kind of uh, man. And once again, I see he's making movements. He, he's got back pain. And I look at him and I said, and in my heart I heard, you have five letters in your name. It starts with a, a J and your name is James. But someone else with five letters in their name that starts with a J named Jesus is going to heal you today. And so... Um, I just kind of like, oh, come on. I, we're, we're close friends with Debbie V. Grant, who flows in uh, specific words of knowledge like that all the time. And um, I thought, you're just parroting something in your head that you've heard Debbie V. Grant say. That man's name's not James. You're crazy. You ever have a devil just, just challenge you a little bit at times when you believe you got something from God? And so I just kept sitting there looking at that man, and and we were... The man pulled off, and I turned to him and I said, I look forward to the day when I can go into Costco, find that man, and say, James, Jesus is going to heal you today. He said, why do you look forward to that day? Why don't you say, today is the day? I said, today is the day. So, I mean, I, I didn't know if he went in Costco. He could have been in Costco before he got gas. He could have just came for gas, whatever. I didn't know. But we go in Costco, and I'm looking for him. Well, I can't find him. I don't know. Maybe he's in the bathroom or something. I looked about everywhere else. I didn't go in the men's room. But um, so I kind of just let let it go. And we were back, and we were at a counter looking at some potato salad. And I just happened to look like that. And there's there's that man right there. And um, I said, sir, I said, we were in line behind you at the gas pumps. And... Um, I noticed that you were moving kind of like maybe you're having some pain in your back. And uh, he grabs a hold of the back of his T-shirt and pulls it down. He's got like a 12-inch scar where he's had surgery on his spine. And um, we kept talking. And the, somehow throughout the conversation, he said something like, my friends told me, Al... Da, 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 whatever. I'm like, Al? See, I knew I was nuts. Your name ain't James. And, uh, but I mean, it's like he kept talking. He was real talkative. He was a former NFL player and that was why he got injured and he had all kinds of problems in his body from injuries. Anyway, we kept talking and then I said, do you have a son? And he said, yes, I do. I said, what is your son's name? He said, James. He said, my name, my, my actual name is James too, but I just go by Al. 
I'm like, oh, we're on, it's on, Holy Ghost, it's on. So I said, well, I said, God spoke to me about you when you were getting gas. And I said, would you like us to pray for you uh, for healing? And he said, yes, I would. And so we laid hands on him there in Costco. And the power of God showed up, showed up and touched him. And so, But we didn't get his phone number. But we had given him a little track that we passed out that has, has our number on it. And so um, I thought, man, I wish I would have gotten his number. I'd call and follow up on him. But I didn't. So anyway, um, a couple days later, he calls and he leaves a message. He said, I just have to tell you that when you guys prayed for me, he said, the power of God hit me and I received a dramatic miracle. And he said, not only did I get healed for what you prayed for, but my hand had been, ever since the surgery, my hand had been on fire. It burned and hurt so bad. He said, but God completely healed that too. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Try not to get so excited about these healings. I mean, we wouldn't want to shock heaven around here or anything. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We've got to prepare ourselves to go out into the world. We've got to be close to God. We've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. We've got to be ready. Because He is a healing, saving Jesus. Hallelujah. And He wants to use each and every one of us. If you will put on that altar music CD, Jerry... We're just going to worship God to see to see what what He wants to do today. I know one thing: the name Patricia came to me when I was preparing for this service. Patricia Foxworth. And so I don't know if you're watching online, or Patricia Foxworth may be somebody that one of you are praying for here. But I send the word right now to Patricia in Jesus' name for a breakthrough. For a breakthrough. Yeah, you've given up, but your marriage is not over. You've given up, but those kids, they're going to turn around. You're going to see salvation in your household. Just believe for it today. Believe for it today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. George, your ankle's being healed right now. Just start, just, just stand up and start walking on it. You're going to see an immediate difference. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Maggie, you're turning the corner. God's bringing you back to your first love. He's going to restore things in your life that you dreamed of when you were a little girl. He wants to use you. You are a person of influence. You have always been. And God wants to put a level of anointing on you that you will be 
a tremendous influence for his kingdom in the days ahead. In the days ahead. Is your daughter serving the Lord? What's her name? Tiffany. You have two daughters? Oh, yeah, Tia. I know Tia, yeah. Okay, are both of them serving the Lord or are not serving the Lord? Maybe one of them. Well, right now, I'm going to pray for Tiffany and Tia. And if you have children that are not serving the Lord, I want you to release your faith at the same time. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we just break the spirit of darkness off of Tiffany and Tia in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we decree salvation. Lord, send labors across their paths. And anyone here who has children, grandchildren, our houses will serve the Lord. And we break the power of the devil off of our families in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Who needs healing in your body here today? Come up here. Two Kathys and Tony. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Walt, will you come up here with me? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Everything that's out of line, come back in line. Healing be. Healing be. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God has, God has some things that he's going to reveal to you for both you and your husband. The only thing I can say to you is what I'm hearing in my spirit is the same thing that like what Brother Copeland said to us. It's not common. It's uncommon. It's uncommon what he's called to do. It's uncommon. And Pastor Walt, will you just pray over her for the Lord. Matter of fact, would you come up here too? 
Just when they walk into the room, people will say, there's something happening, there's something happening. Touch them so they can touch others. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we just send the word. Creative miracle into these knees. Total healing in Jesus' name. We call these knees normal. Normal in the name of Jesus. Every pain, every everything that needs to be recreated, come forth in Jesus' name. Total healing. Total healing. Total healing in the name of Jesus. Pain go. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, Lord, if any two, if any two, if any two agree, there's more than two here today, we agree. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you performed that which God has decreed. And I expect, I expect a change. I expect a new momentum, a new faith. In Jesus' name, amen.
We command every abnormal cell to be cut off from its life source and to be replaced with cells that are infused with the resurrection life of Jesus. Health, long life, fruitfulness, and financial. somebody that I, I did have before. You need to realize whatever the devil is doing in your life, you need to be consistent and tell him what God has done for you. You need to tell him, I have authority. I've been ordained. I've been touched. I have the authority. Father, I touch my shoes. Lord, I lay my hands on my sister right now in the name of Jesus. And I serve you, know Satan, you and every foul spirit that serves you. In Jesus' name, I bind you. I render you helpless. I tell you to get out of town. The power of God has arrived, and we serve and listen to nothing that you have to say. We serve the risen Savior. As I lay hands on her, Father, I expect her body right now, every bone, nerve, cartilage, the blood, the total complete chemistry makeup of her body. I serve you notice, get back in line with the Creator. Get back in line with the way you have been created to be. Healing be. And Father, I just leave it up to you. You're the author and the finisher. So how you want to touch, how you want to do this, I say she's healed. Yes. Whether it's a step-by-step or a complete instantaneous miracle, I won't back off of my confession. I set myself in agreement with her as well as everyone up here that they are healed by the power of God and that the testimony that will go forth is look what a mighty God I serve. Look what a mighty God has done for me. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, you don't, you don't have to come. Just send the word. And we send the word to Milton right now in Jesus' name. And we lay hands on Maggie. God, we pray that you will use her to the praise of your glory. 
that she will be a voice of faith and a voice of hope in Milton's life. We curse every cancer cell and command it to die. Die. Die in Jesus' name. Every cancer cell. And life. Life to fill every part of his body from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is Milton right with God? He's trying. Well, Father, I know that it's hard when you're struggling with a serious illness. But God, I pray that even right now, right this moment, right there where he is, you will be so real to him. And he will know that you are more real and your word is more trustworthy than the words of anything that's been spoken over him. We negate the word curses that have been released over Milton's life. Well-meaning people saying words of death and sickness and disease. And we call that down. And we say, your word says, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. And we send that word to Milton right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Megan, as well as all of you up here, everyone in this church, we all are watching television. We all see what the government is saying. We got to put masks on today. We got to get shots today. COVID 19 is attacking, is attacking, and we can spread that. But I want to tell you this the Holy Spirit is in you. Yes. And you carry the power. I want to tell you right now, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm the power energy of God is inside this jacket my ears saying, Maggie, Milt, you carry the power of God. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. I want everybody to stretch hands toward Megan and just agree with me that Father, we stretch hands and we lay hands upon Maggie right now. Though she has been born again, saved, filled with the Holy Ghost for years. We set ourselves in agreement that she is a carrier of the power of God. She's a carrier of the Holy Ghost. That when she gets around Milton, we pray for his faith to increase. But we say she's carrying the power of God to set him free. That when she gets in his presence, his body will respond to the healing power of God. Spiritually, physically, every area of his life. We pray for a total recovery. Father, I pray that everyone up here today that we've laid hands on and that we've prayed with, we pray for the power of God. The Bible says to go into all the world, to lay hands on the sick. It tells us to preach the gospel. I believe your word is active and as well today as it has ever been. I pray everyone up here be energized by your power, that everything the devil has planned, what he's planned even in the future, we call it down. We call it to stop in Jesus' name. Oh, we know you'll try. That's your job. But greater is he that is in us than you, Satan, who are in the world. And we say today there's been a breakthrough, and we won't back up. We won't let go of his blessings. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen.